What is going on? This is actually Bar Down Breakdown, not two-week notice, but we just had to play Dana B's intro music to his killer podcast because it basically is a piebald song, like you've mentioned, and it's super, super cool. And I just found out that Justin, I guess, recorded or at least has the lyrics to a Bar Down Breakdown intro song, but never did anything with it. So Justin's on my poo poo list but <laughs> either way we're hanging with dana b tm for piebald and host of the two-week notice podcast which is way better of a podcast than bar down breakdown so definitely make sure you go and subscribe to that podcast because dana's interviewing way cooler artists than we are and having just behind the scenes conversations with some of your favorite artists so dana What's going on, brother? Yo, yo, what up? First of all, thank you for that glorious introduction. My show is certainly no better than yours, but uh, thank you for saying all that. What up? How we doing? Thanks for having me. Mikey and Justin, what's going on? Can you hit us with a, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love Dude, it. how about that jingle? Piebald, like, Piebald, man, Travis, those dudes. That just... is such a good jingle for the podcast. It's perfect. It's like a minute long. It's got a killer solo. It's got cowbell. It's got a bunch of camels. And it's got, <laughs> like, it's the best gift I've ever received in my life. Like, I'm, I'm still, like, he, Travis sent that to me a few weeks ago. I'm still, like, just floored, you know? It's like, he's just the most thoughtful human in the world. I can't believe he did that. Yeah. Was it a surprise? So I had asked him, so Travis, like a while back, was doing these, I think it's called Songwrite, or I forget the name of it. I think I get, uh, Downright.com, maybe? Sounds, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think it's Downright, where you can go on there and like pay for cameos, or uh, actually, the, the earliest, my earliest memory of anyone doing anything like this, I remember back in like the MySpace days, I remember Max Bemis doing those song shops. Yeah. In like 2007 or eight or something like that. So same idea. Like you, you know, you can throw some money and depending on the tier, like you can get a solo acoustic song and you know, the list goes on and on. And Travis was doing that for a minute. And that just gave me the idea to hit him up and ask for like a podcast jingle. And I did. And I was like, dude, I'll like, I'll pay you for it. You know, cause that's work, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. not only did he do like the full band thing, which is what I wanted and would have paid for, but like he, he, he's been like, I want to say I planted the seed in his head, like maybe a year ago. And he's like, I'll, I'll get it to you. It's going to take me a while. And 
but you get the full band and blah 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 and when i tried to pay him he was like no but it was it was a labor of love kind of thing so i don't know how to like you know i'm i'm just floored like go back 20 years or even 10 years i i never would have thought like i would be friends with these guys or get my own like piebald song kind of thing you know so it's like i'm still like pretty speechless was that it's like a dream come true type of thing 100 percent, totally really is so i definitely want to dive into your relationship with piebald but let's keep it on podcast because um you know you, you got a killer jingle but in the jingle kind of also beautifully wraps up kind of the premise of the podcast right so like you legit had a corporate job that you put on hold to kind of go out and be a road dog yeah pretty much i i was in the corporate world for a long time dude like so i worked for panera bread or as we call it like pantera bread you know <laughs> whenever we pass one Stuart from pie vault would be like we'll be like talking about where we want to go to eat he'll be like dude how about pantera bread but uh, so I worked for them for like 10 years and it was a great job, dude. Like I was making six figures, definitely not easy to walk away from. And yeah, but I, I was just so miserable. So I bought a couple of condos, um, one in like, so I'm from Boston, Boston area. I bought one in the Salem, Massachusetts area. Well, in Salem, I should say. And then one up in New Hampshire, like a ski condo, because I like, snowboard quite a bit and i so they're rentable properties and where i am at now is my parents basement so i'm like almost 40 years old just living in my parents basement but like i got my own in-law apartment you know it's like nice. uh, i feel like i always have to justify it i'm like yeah but i have my own bathroom in my <laughs> own kitchen and you know i got i got a, my own entrance but honestly i wouldn't be able to do what i'm doing without my parents either so I can't act like I did it all on my own. I definitely like busted my ass, like through like all. I never went to college Th throughout all of my twenties and stuff. I was just working in restaurants, working in restaurants, going to culinary school at the same time, and just into my thirties, same thing. And then uh, I don't know. I started kind of like using my paid vacation to follow Piebald around, like on tour when they got back together in twenty sixteen, and like flying out to gigs and bringing my cowbell and I may, am I getting too far ahead? I don't know. No, we no. can go right to that too. So yeah, dude, like I flew out with the cowbell one day when they got back together back in 2016. And like, there was this running joke. Well, so I showed up with my cowbell, uh, to the echo in LA. Uh, Limbeck was on that one. Limbeck's amazing. I don't know if you know them, but another super underrated band, shout out Limbeck, but uh long story short i showed up with a cowbell and some beers and there was no like opening for a cowbell player but <laughs> like they just the funny thing is they made me try out like they they made me try out during sound check and and i nailed it i guess i was more nervous than i've ever been like we've done festivals in front of thousands of people i've never been more nervous than that 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 like sound check in front of just like piebald and like the limbeck guys and pretty much that was it but I don't know something worked and fast forward like i ended up leaving that corporate job i traveled around europe for a few months and came back and when i came back dude like it's like i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life but 
I, I felt so refreshed and just like so happy to be out of that Panera Bread world. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know if I believe in like meant to be stuff, but the timing of this was so unbelievable. Like all of a sudden, what gets announced? The first full tour Piebald has had in like decades. We're opening up for Dashboard Confessional. Nice. And, and that was when like they were like, we want you to be tour manager. I had been promoted to like merch guy since then, you know, but then they were like, we want you to be our tour manager for like the dashboard tour. And I was like, yes, of course. Like talk about dream come true. Like, and, and I love dashboard. I've been a dashboard fan forever. So I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful, man. And then like, I guess as you're TMing for, Piebald, how did the podcast idea come to be? That's a great question. So I start actually started a podcast as a travel log when I was doing that Europe trip. Just like in my phone, I would just be like, oh, I'm in Brussels today. And I would just like ramble in my phone for like a half hour. And then the next day, wherever I was, I would just, it was a travel log. So then when I, when I came home from Europe, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But I knew I wanted to keep, I liked the podcast thing. I liked it a lot. And I always had a fascination with like being on radio. Like when I was in high school, I was in like the TV club. And specifically my my role in the TV club was I would do the play-by-play. -play. Like for the sports, I would do hockey, baseball, football, basketball, everything. Like So like, and this is early 2000, like I graduated high school oh three. So like 2001, two and three, 35 bucks a game, dude. That was great money. It was me yeah. and like a, me and like a cameraman or a camera woman, another student, you know, it'd be two of us. And, and I was getting all these gigs, like three gigs a week. That's a hundred bucks. It was, that yeah. was sick, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And I've always liked sports. So I, I've just always, and that, that goes back in itself, goes back to like watching WWF, like back when like Vince McMahon <laughs> used to be like the, you know, before it was known that he was the owner, he would be like the broadcaster. He was the best at it. Yeah. Him and like Bobby Heenan and stuff. And like, <laughs> like unbelievable. Those are probably my inspirations to like where I'm at right now. Honestly, I don't think about that a lot. But if I stop like and really like reflect, I think it goes back to wrestling and, and sports. I always love football and baseball and sports in general. But those are like my main two. But, uh, yeah, dude. So I started the podcast as a travel log when I was in Europe. I came back. I didn't know what like direction I wanted it to go in from there, but I kept like trying to come up with names and I wrote a bunch of them down. Like one of them was like, they were all like work related terms. Like I remember final written warning was like one of them. Uh, and two week notice was one of them. So I, that was the one I stuck with. And it started with like, I would just have like literally my friends. Cause like restaurants, you got crazy stories, right? Like, oh yeah, like insane like stuff. So I would just have my friends come over, and we literally sit on this couch that I'm on right now, and we would just like, just go back and forth with crazy restaurant stories, stuff like that. And then I went on tour with Pivald, and I ended up doing like a tour log. So it was like that travel log, kind of vibe from before, and I remember like during like i don't know sound check or something i would just sneak into the van and talk for like 30 minutes 
and that would be an episode and I would put that out. And then I ended that whole like little segment with an interview with Travis from Piebald. And these episodes have all like since been taken down. Um, and we got back from tour. It was like end of February, 2020. So then like the world shut down after yeah. that. Yeah. And then I just basically like, I don't know. I long story short, I started inter interviewing musicians somewhere in there and I was like, well, who do I know? And I like, was like hit up Chris Caraba. He came on and then like, I hit, I remember like Sergio from the early November and like Johnny from Lynn Beck and the piebald guys. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And it's just, it just became this like music podcast, you know? I love that. Now I want to hear some of these restaurant stories because I worked in a restaurant for over 10 years and some of the stories that I could share would Dude. just be like, that's not real life. That like that, that didn't happen. And one of them involves a guy named Dana. Like there's oh, yeah. this regular at my restaurant, huge, like had to be 350 pounds on like steroids, just like ripped. Yeah, and he was super intimidating and i was you know 15 years old i was a bus boy <laughs> and he would come in maybe three times a week and had his own table and I, this is an italian restaurant on long island so like obviously all the bus boys are like starting rumors like yo i think he's in the mafia like he's in the mafia and he always had different girls with them every time he came like we made up all these stories and i remember the owner of the restaurant like he was also the chef of the restaurant he was like in the back cooking. He's like, oh, hold on. I got to go run and go pee pee. And like us <laughs> bus boys heard. Yeah. He, we were like, I ah, just said pee pee. Like, that's funny. And <laughs> that guy, Dana, overheard us. And the guy, one of the bus boys was at the table, like asking like, hey, you want cheese and pepper on your like lasagna or whatever it is. And he has like the big pepper mill, like the huge one. And he's like over the guy's table as this is all going down and the guy Dana gets super mad like for some reason grabs the pepper mill from that kid starts cracking it all over his body like just cracking the pepper all over him and he goes I do pee pee and poo poo what do you do and we were all just like this is <laughs> this was this like guy. at the table at the table in the oh restaurant and he's like, I do pee pee and poo poo. What do you do? Wow. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And this is like one. Wait, step. how did the like the people at yeah, one of many one of how, how many. did the table react? Were they like laughing or no, because you would only come in with a woman and no, she I was meant like just like all oh, the other tables. Was, like I thought this was in front of like a table like of random people that were eating. Did I miss that part? Well, it was in the restaurant, so like in the dining hall, and um, he was like the at people the table that, with that... a woman. So oh, okay. it was a bus boy. Oh, so yeah, the bus was... boy, he was like at the table. Dana like, was a regular. Want... Yeah, he was like, do you want Got cheese? You. Do you want pepper on your food? But yeah, what and about the people around him too? Yeah, I don't know. Everyone was just amazing. like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Like, I remember just being like, first of all, I think it's hysterical that he also said pee-pee and poo-poo. Like... That's great. I ruined part of your story. I apologize. That, I'm that like really me slow. Of that, uh, there's an SNL skit that they do that, not like necessarily like that, but it's like a similar situation. But it's like a couple from Jersey, and they're always just like, 
they're always like, oh, how do you like your Delmonico's coffee? And they're like, I love my Delmonico's coffee. It's the best thing ever. And I was like, well, what if we told you it's actually BK Brew? And they're like, you telling me that Delmonico's is BK Brew? And they just throw this whole fucking scene in it. And that whole situation that you just described, I do pee-pee and poo-poo, what do you do? Just reminds me of an SNL skit. Like, that's how ridiculous that story was. Yeah. Dude, I used to, I used to, like, some of these episodes are still like out there in the beginning of like the music interview thing. So like I was bartending at like, so I live on a pond in here in Lynn, Massachusetts. I actually like, I haven't worked at this bar in a while, but I did for several years and I would kayak to work, which this was like right when I got back from Europe. So it's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. This is like in between that and when like touring and stuff came up, but I would kayak to this pond every day I could like in the summer. And, you know, I was working when I say 10 shifts a week, I'm lowballing that. Like I was working almost doubles every day. Mm-hmm. So I, but I, like, I would just like paddle home, just fuming from whoever pissed me off that day. You know what I mean? And like, I would get in and that's when I would have most of my energy. So that's when I would work on the podcast and I would come in and I would just like, I would do my intro for like, say to Connor from boys night out or something. I would do like the intro for that episode and then like, just go off and I would go like 15 minutes and just tell stories from the bar. And I've had people, I've had people say like, that was their favorite part of the episode or like, dude, you gotta like, you know, you can't, whatever, no matter what you do, you can't make everyone happy. But I also, everybody, I would have people be like, your intros are too long whatever. And, Back then, I would, like, really take that to heart. And I started, like, just cutting all the, like, I would make my intros, like, three minutes or something just because, like, you know, I, maybe I was just busy and just wanted to bang it out or maybe I was taking it to heart, you know. But point is, you know, I, I definitely used to tie those stories in still. And more recently with the podcast, I've gone back to, like, like, on the most recent episode, at the time that we're recording this now, I had Brian Sella from the Front Bottoms, and like for like it was like a fifteen minute intro, and because I was on tour with them, so I I recapped the entire tour, and then went into like the interview. So if the episode's an hour and ten minutes, you know, like a good chunk of that is like a tour recap. So I still try to like do that kind of solo log in mm-hmm. a way if that makes sense. But when it I do it when it makes the most sense. But I feel like 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 fans fans really enjoy that. Like, and, and I'm talking about like fans who who are actively following like the front bottoms, for example, because we were, we were talking about this like earlier, like before we started recording. But how the front bottoms are very kind of like secretive; they don't post very much. They kind of like to have that like aura of like you know suspicion behind everything. And you know, people love hearing tour stories. Like that's kind of like how like digital tour bus and like all these different kind of like vlogs you know made it really big on youtube in the 2000s and 2010s because people have this like interest to know like you know is brian sella just like me or is he like this like rock star that goes around playing guitar singing about how you know he got dumped 100 percent, and that was that was well put first of all i will say like no bullshit 100 percent. that is the best crew of people brian sella included like he's the best they're the best 
even if you don't like like some people listen to that band and i know it's different like you know like just i guess talking to like uh i got furnace fest on my mind because that's coming up and piebald's playing it and like i just think i'm like would would the front bottoms like fit at furnace fest i think they would i think they, they would. would crush it absolutely at the main you're gonna have haters but that's like everywhere you know like and they've furnace fest is really branched off of just like the hardcore thing you know what i mean it's like last year they had like mom jeans and they had the story so far and they had like a couple years ago like the juliana theory or the get up kids so i think they would fit great but all that's to say dude like i just want to go on the record and, and this is no bullshit. like the front bottoms first of all like best live show i cannot think of a better live band different yes but it doesn't get much better than that they're incredible and uh as far as like to answer your kind of like not really a question but what you brought up like he is that cool he's yeah the coolest like and because they do like they they like to leave things to the mystery and like brian doesn't do a lot you can't find many like podcasts or interviews out there for the front bottoms it's very like few and far in between but he did that for me because i'm on his crew now and like yeah he, he did want to hear my podcast first like when i first asked him this was at adjacent festival and he was like we were watching blink 182 i still remember it was like i was like we were gonna part ways i wasn't gonna see him for a while like until the tour we just did and i was like yo dude like would you do my podcast sometime like i would love to have you and first of all he said yes right away but then he and then he was just like yo send it to me i want to like listen to it and i sent him an episode and then he goes he goes i want to listen to three episodes like send me a couple more that you like you know and i sent him like a handful of one like i just said like listen to the recent stuff like because i'm always like probably like you guys i always like the newer stuff just like a band who likes their new music probably kind of thing but he got back to like i just like didn't say anything for like maybe a, a week or something just like kind of waiting to see if he would you know and like a week <laughs> later or something he got back to me randomly he was just like dude i listened to three episodes he listened he was like i listened to the aaron from bane um nick from citizen and jim ward from sparta he was like yeah i love it i love how positive the show is like i would like love to be on your show let's do this like he that carried me like just i still think like think about that for someone on that level you know in in mm -hmm. our scene what we do because there are times when it's hot and cold yeah and and like when i get like down sometimes i'm like why? sometimes i'm like why do i do this because you put so much into it i'm like brian Sella listened to three episodes and he loved it dude. <laughs> like seriously like that uh, yeah for me it goes a long way so that was like huge and a lot of people have said that my episode with brian is the best episode but that's you know whoever's opinion but you know what i'm trying to say i think right yeah and and it could come to that 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 fact where brian isn't normally on a whole bunch of podcasts so you probably brought something or brought something new to the table that fans maybe have never heard before and they're like they're sucked in or you probably converted people who are kind of like ah, i don't really know about the front bottoms into front bottom fans too you know that's very possible of course like i went you know every once in a while i do a reddit check 
And uh, there was like one person on Reddit that was like, this dude talks too much about himself. And like, <laughs> it was boring. Of course, like I, you know, for a couple hours or whatever, I like focused on that. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? Like, uh, like it's so easy to be like self-deprecating. And, and you can't make everyone happy and that's okay. Like those people don't have to fucking listen to it. Can I swear in here? I can swear. Yeah. Yep, you're good. You know, you don't, you don't have to, if those people, that's okay. And I said that in the intro on this like recent episode, I'm like, Hey, if you're here just for Brian, thank you so much. Fast forward through the intro. If you don't want to hear it. Um, but you know, if you want to stick around, that's cool too. And I appreciate it. Like, you know, like, uh, there's so many amazing podcasts out there, including Bar Down Breakdown. <laughs> there's so many, but there's so many like great podcasts out there, endless. Like every day, there's however many podcasts being started, and and even within our scene, there's so many amazing ones that like I, that I'm a fan of. So I'm just happy to do what I do when I can do it, and I just wish I could do it more and be more consistent. Because anytime I gain momentum. Like, I'll go on tour, and then I'll go a month without dropping an episode, and I see it in the numbers. Like, I see the drop, and I'm like, yeah, ah, that can be discouraging, you know? Yeah, and you should probably try picking Nick from Bayside's brain because, or like Shane Told from Silverstein because they or also... Greg Reynolds for the downbeat, too. Yeah, like, you know, they they could totally relate to, to what you were just talking about because... They also have podcasts and are on the road a lot. And yeah, it's it's tough. And and that's kind of the name of the game with podcasts is is consistency, right? Like some some people tune in every Tuesday because that's when they know your episode is dropping and they look forward to their train ride or whatever listening. And you know, if it's not there for one week, they they do get a little heated and like, hey, where's the episode and whatnot. So Dude, I get totally. it. And, I mean, uh, my favorite podcast. Sorry, my, my favorite podcast. Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. I was gonna say if it's Bill Burr, like absolutely I, Monday Morning is hilarious. I've been listening to that. I've heard every single episode he's ever put out, and he started in 2007. And every month, do I listen to it every Monday these days? Or and now it's Monday and Thursday. Yeah. No, but you know what? Like I know it's there, and I can count on it. And like he's never missed. An episode. Well, he did. He did once, I think, when uh, Patrice O'Neill passed away. But like, yeah, over what, almost twenty years, eighteen years, almost however twenty long, years, yeah, seventeen years. And he was in the game before Rogan, before Marin. But that's a whole different thing. But uh, there is, like you said, consistency and uh, whatever. That's that's a me problem. Like I need to figure that out. But at the same time, you know, uh, Chris Swinney, that one time on tour. Um. He was the one who taught me. He's like, you know what, dude? Like, podcasting's like the wild, wild west. You can put out, like, I'm paraphrasing, but he's, you can put out one episode a year. You could put out one episode an hour. You can put out a 10 hour episode if you got, like, the hard drive for it. Like, there's no, you can do whatever you want. So, yeah. I just, I do what I can, but there are times when I'm definitely, I, I can see the momentum. And I know, like, like the last, I don't know, eight to 10 episodes I put out, I know are like, I don't know how to like say this without like coming off like douchey or like patting myself on the back, which is not in my personality. Cause I definitely like 
you know what I mean? I'm usually more self-deprecating. But it's like it's a project that you've created. It's something that you've grown. So I think you have you deserve that right to pat yourself on the back. But I just know I hit a new stride. I would say yeah. since the episode with Joey from Koyo, which you guys have done a Koyo episode, so there's some crossover there. Since the episode with Joey from Koyo, I felt myself hit a new stride. It was right off the. It was right when I came home from the, uh, the tour with that I did with Bayside and I am the Avalanche and Coyo. I put out that episode and something felt different about that one. Um, I think I, between my editing, like you put in so many hours, you're going to get better at it. So, you're going to get better at it. So oh, yeah. between the interviewing and editing, I know like I hit a new stride with that. And every episode uh, since then, I feel really good about. Whereas like if someone's like, hey man, I listened to the Chris Caraba episode from like two years ago. It's like, I'm really proud of that. But at the same time, like it would be that episode would be so much tighter if I were to edit it now. I just don't, I don't bother to go back and like, I'm not going to pull it down. And you know, I mean, I had Chris Caraba, but like, I know, like I was very green two mm. years ago to this. So like if I were to interview him now or redo that or re-edit it, you know, it would be way better. So I think, you know what I'm trying to say, but I've hit a new stride and but like i've done since then not only I, i've toured with the front bottoms three different legs and toured with thrice so it's like i've had and i broke my collarbone so like for all of those reasons there has been zero consistency it's like once yeah. every couple of weeks or once a month so well funny yeah. enough like you could actually take what bill burr does and and kind of you know add that into your your repertoire if you wanted to like you could take one of those old episodes, re-edit them, and then you know put them out as kind of like a like a throwback episode while you're on the I, road. I should do that. I did that with Matt Pryor once last year. Yeah, and it definitely got more downloads this time around um, than it did initially because when I interviewed him initially, it was like when the thing first came, when the podcast was like much newer. So that's a great idea. But my problem is again with like the i don't know this new newly discovered or recognized ocd yeah. i don't know like i <laughs> if i were hours. To, yeah i would take like one of those old episodes and probably i need to like learn how to just let go just like boom this was the episode maybe a quick intro i should do that you're right i should do that yeah but i i think my since we've been doing this podcast for over you know almost five years at this point I've come to to value the conversations more than like, oh, how many downloads did I get? How yeah. you know at, at, totally. at this point, I value the hour or so I get to have a conversation with a band or an artist or someone who's doing cool shit. And also Justin, who has become a very good friend of mine, and Tom, who's literally like my childhood best friend. So like as a 36 year old, I don't get to do that much like you know with family job and stuff so and living like six hours apart yeah so i just really i'm like i'm gonna do this podcast because of like selfishly i just want to talk to these people and yeah. if anyone wants to listen that's cool like hell yeah hang out and talk some music and hockey with us but i i think podcasting is like so popular now then and there's obviously so much money into podcasting and whatnot that like people have their own kind of like, Oh, I'm not 
making it as a podcast because I'm not getting, you know, a thousand downloads every episode or whatever. And it's like, who cares? Who cares? Do the podcast because you want to do the podcast and have fun and just be consistent. And that's that's really the name of the game. Start a podcast, start a band, do something creative. Yeah. Do yeah. something. You, you know, that was well said, Mikey. And uh, I agree. And that's why I'll always continue to do what I do regardless of the numbers for sure. But I, when I, this is why I try not to always look at them. Sometimes I don't even look at the numbers. But when I do, for example, in that example of like, when I went, like I, I put out like some, a couple of bangers, dude. Like I put out Walter Shripe, like it was like Citizen, Modest Mouse, uh, Vinny Caruana, and then Walter Shrifles. And like, it's like, bang, those, those were episodes of some of my best work in my opinion. And then like, I go on tour, like I broke my collarbone and went on tour and like went a whole month without putting one out. And then I put out the Brian Sella one, like finally after a month, it's hard to not be like, to at least see like that dip and be like, Oh, I lost you guys and gals, you know, it's like, ah. but I'm still going to do it no matter what. But I just know there's things I could be doing better. Like, like you said, consistency, but I think there's a lot of things I could be doing better stuff we've talked about already, like offline before we hit record. And I don't even know if this is interesting to like, we're, this is like podcast nerd talk. We could talk about other stuff, dude. Nah, dude, that that's like I said, th this is a podcast for me and Justin and, and for you, Dana. So, you know, people that tune in and are hanging they're they're here for, for us, right? They're, they're yeah. hanging because they, appreciate the conversations we're having but before i do dive into you know more of your experience on the road with some of these killer bands that you already mentioned i do just want to let everyone know about our home draft kings college football fans are you ready for week one draft king sports hooking you up with a can't miss offer to start the season strong this week new customers can bet just five dollars on college football and score 200 bonus bets instantly Anything can happen in college football. Your team can go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope and In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction jurisdiction void in Ontario. See draftkings.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So Dana, one of my favorite things to talk about is kind of like the music scene that you grew up in. So, you know, 
when you were grinding it out in the early 2000s, because you mentioned you graduated in 2003, so I'd imagine high school is when you really started grinding it at shows. What were some of the kind of local bands that you were going to see that went on to do some bigger and cooler stuff and kind of what was the the Boston scene like at in the early 2000s? Well, first of all, do you remember Bill Burr's like old school DraftKings read? He like DraftKings.com where you could be a winner every week. <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember. Uh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> you can cut that. I, I also We're going to do that from now on. <laughs> Where you could be a winner. I'm probably the... frame... He would like put this like um, like nasally voice on. He'd like DraftKings.com. Uh, it was, it's like mid teen, teen. How do you say, like, you got the aughts? What are the mid to mid teen thousands? Yeah. Whatever. It's 2010s. Anyway. Um, to answer your question, I'm sorry. No, you're <laughs> Bill good, Burr's, man. Bill Burr's <laughs> the best. Uh, so yeah, dude, I actually, I grew up on hip hop, man, to be honest. Like I grew up in Lynn, Massachusetts, as I mentioned before, kind of like in the hood. And where I first started going to shows, it was kind of like a couple of things were happening. So I bought a video camera. I've always, like I said, I was in the TV club and I, I, had been working as long as I was like allowed to, like I had a paper route when I could. And then as soon as I was 14 years old, I could legally like work. And I went to star market, the the local grocery store here in Boston. Like I literally would actually walk uphill both ways, like a mile. I know that sounds like crazy, but I did. And like to work every day after school, just to like push the carriages and stuff. And with the first $500, that I earned in that job, I saved it up and I went to a Costco, like a you know a Costco like wholesale like BJ's or Sam's Club. Yeah, yeah. So Costco, I went there and I bought a video camera for five hundred bucks, and that was I don't know, just like to record eventually to record like me and my friends like replicating jackass. I think everyone our age did that. Oh yeah, everyone right? did that. But I had a homie who was in like a pop punk band, and like he knew I had a camera. He's like you want to come to like my show and record like our set. So I would go to like a local Knights of Columbus or like VFW hall Elks club, that kind of vibe. I would go to those shows with him. He would just pick me up and, you know, really just to record the show. Like that's definitely the only reason like he would pick me up, which is fine. Like, you know, but thinking back, I'm like, damn, like, were we friends, you know, <laughs> but, but whatever I was, I was happy to like do it and just go to the show. So that was happening. It, it, that like again, I grew up like straight up hip hop. My parents always listened to like, you know, the Beatles and Zeppelin and the Stones and stuff. So I had a little bit of that influence. And my sister, like, she went to Woodstock '99. She had her tent thrown into that fire, like. And she was, and she. So I was born in '85. She was born in '81. So she was like that entire lineup that Woodstock 99 lineup that was she was always drilling that stuff into my head corn and Limp Bizkit and Jewel and like and stuff like Aerosmith and just that whole lineup is probably the best way to like just you know encapsulate the stuff she was downloading into my brain yeah um also simultaneously the band Unearth is from Lynn and I was going to high school football games, and at halftime, 
in ninth grade, ninth grade is the first time I smoked weed. I would go to the football games and like smoke a joint with my friends and they'd be like, yo, there's a show. Like you could throw a rock from, from the high school, like football field to where these shows were happening. This place called new world in Lynn, Massachusetts and bands like unearth and like small brown bike and these like crazy, like, you know, really like hardcore metal. Like I was going to these shows and just like standing up against the wall just cause I was so afraid to get knocked out. You know, I was, it was a whole new world. So a lot was happening. I was videotaping my friends, pop punk bands while like on the, you know, during the football games on maybe off weekends from that, I guess, you know, going to these like hardcore metalcore shows and eventually I just got one over. I, I, I don't know if that fully answers your question. No, it does. And it's funny too, because that coincides with, we, we had Ken Susie on the podcast like a, like a few episodes ago. That was a great and episode. He, That's right. And, he's from and Danvers. He was, he's from Danvers and he was telling us, uh, cause I was like, I was like, when did like, when did like the two sides of Massachusetts, like finally come together, like Eastern Massachusetts fans and Western Massachusetts fans come together and start playing together. Cause we were, they were talking about like, we were talking about kill switch engaged, for example. Yeah. And, and how they came up literally basically in the same scene, but on two different sides of this tiny state of Massachusetts. No, you're right. You know, what's yeah. interesting. So like, I don't know, Kent, like Ken and I follow each other on Instagram. Yeah. You, you, so, you talk to Buzz. Yeah, Buzz is like, that's my guy. Like, he's been on the podcast four times. Him and, like, Travis from Piebald. Like, no yeah. one's even close to that. But, like, I asked Buzz once, because when you think of guitar from Massachusetts, you got, in my world, you got Buzz. Yeah. Kurt Ballou. And I asked Buzz. I was like, yo, do, like, I, I said something about Kurt. And he goes, oh, we've never even met. And I'm like, what? Like, what like that blew my mind it still blows my mind like how is that possible you know like i'm sure they would be like like total buds you know but like it's just funny how like from my perspective like is that crazy to you guys that was crazy to me the fact that these like buzzes from lynn kurt god city is in salem i mean i know like each other it's different worlds as far as like unearth compared to like converge but at the same time like i don't know like Two years ago, Furnace Fest, like, Piebald, like, played on the same stage as Unearth and, like, obviously came up with Converge and Cave In and, like, all that stuff. So, um, just to bring all that to, like, together, it just blew my mind that those guys have never met, like, these, yeah. these guitar gods. Even like, like, they the are Oz guitar Fest gods. And Ken, Ken is one of those, too. Like they, What's that? Like, they, they could have met on, like, OzFest or any of these, like, like Sounds of the Underground. I know, like... I don't like, know. Did... Did Converge ever do like Ozfest? I don't know if that was there. I don't know if that was like Kurt. I don't think so. I could I be wrong. They did, they did Sounds of the Underground for sure because I know that's yep. how like that's how Ken and like in uh in Mitz from uh, formerly of Madball, you know, became close friends was because of like Sounds right. of the Underground. And then like Justin, who plays drums in Madball, is yeah. also playing drums in Unearth these days and he did back in like the mid 2000s so I, that just blew my mind that those i just i want to like i just want to like lock those two in a room together just for my own like just like you guys should just talk guitar stuff or something it's just kind of like funny but it's not that important i guess but like yeah man um and like i've so i had a late start to answer um like mikey what you brought up is like my time in the scene 
I kind of had a late start just because I was like so into hip hop for so long. And then like those like shows that my friends dragged me to, whether it was because of my, the video camera I had or just because I was at the football game, like smoking a joint with them. Um, I, it's one of those things like I definitely didn't appreciate it for what it was at the time. Like I was like the shows at New World where like Unearth and Small Brown Bike were playing. I was like scared for my life and just like I but I I dug the heavy breakdowns that much. I definitely remember like this shit is sick, but I was like also like more scared for my life, you know, and <laughs> and then like at, at a certain point, like really when like like piebald like this out this record behind me when friends came out and like taking back sunday like i remember seeing taking back so this was the first like big show that wasn't like not just like a big concert the first big concert i went to was it was weezer saves the day and ozma it was at lowell the lowell songus arena which is umass lowell's hockey arena it's like five thousand cap so i went to like a couple big weezer concerts because i loved weezer or like a couple of those shows the first like or one of the first like awesome sh like real show like club shows that i remember it was taking back sunday coheed in my chemical romance Ooh. it was 2002 wow. and it was it was a radio show it wasn't a tour so it was like a wfnx which was in lynn radio show and all three of them only had their first releases out so like um taking back sunday had tell all your friends coheed second stage Co coheed had second stage and my chem had just the ep out the uh, give you bullets uh yeah whatever. i gave yeah. you my yeah. yeah yeah so and that was it and i i do remember like taking back sunday played all of tell all your friends that day and and they played the cover of sos because i remember it was at axis it's at the axis on lansdowne street in boston and i've talked to like the taking back sunday guys like eddie and also mark since then and they don't even remember neither of them remember the show uh, and I've talked to Travis from Coheed. He didn't remember it either, but I, I have the ticket stub. Like, it, this happened. <laughs> and, like, I still remember Adam coming out and being like, I don't know why we're playing after Coheed. Like, they are way better than us, and they are going to, like, blow up. That was, like, like definitely, like, go. Like, and I remember these kids behind me screaming the lyrics and being annoyed by it because I just didn't, like, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. But I became, like, a an instant fan like after that of Kobe that's like my favorite record by them the first record and uh but uh when taking back sunday played i remembered people being like one more song one more song and there were two songs that they hadn't played yet it was head club which is track 10 on tell yeah. friends and the and the cover the sos the police cover yeah. uh, they played those two songs and still the crowd was like well they were i just remember adam being like we literally have no more songs that we have rehearsed that we like we, this that's all we got it was it was definitely epic. Uh, and then from there, I was just going to these shows on Lansdowne Street. I had just graduated, like, you know, I graduated high school 03, at which point my parents, like, they can't stop me. Because a lot of what stopped me from going to these concerts, like, my parents would be like, nah, you can't, you know, you can't go. But, like, once I turned 18, uh, it was on. I just kept, I just went to shows as much as I could. I would buy two tickets, one for me and one for whoever, whoever. I could get to come with me. It was usually my homie Ryan Mitchell, 99% of the time. And we just like went, I still have all the ticket stubs, dude. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Like, you know, you grew up in the Boston area. I grew up in Long Island. Justin grew up in Miami. And literally 
all three of us have the same exact experience. Like, in completely once, different places. Oh, yeah. in, in completely different places. And I would do the same thing. I would buy two tickets for shows, one for me and one for Tom, who's not here tonight. Like, Tom was my show buddy. Like, it was just like, I knew Tom would go no matter what. Yeah. And he didn't have a car, so I would just literally go and pick him up and be like, hey, we're going to these shows. And, yeah, it, it was a special time. And it, it's so... And yeah, the the bands that you mentioned aren't like considered DIY bands now, but at the time they were. So like hundred yeah. percent, all it was like Go. that whole drive through era too. Yeah, like like oh, yeah. Newfound Glory and Dashboard Confessional and Finch. I saw Finch every time they came through, and like I remember seeing like Further Scenes Forever. I'm pretty sure with Chris and the Movie Life and Finch and Newfound Glory all on the same show. Like, I remember at the Worcester Palladium, dude. I think, I'm, I'm not sure if it was Chris Caraba, but I, like, that was, like, like imagine that now. Like, something corporate was uh, touring with them a lot at the time. Yeah. My chem- and at the time, My Chemical Romance, they were on every fucking tour at the time. Like, yeah, I I I never, like, had a problem with them. I've, I've always liked that band. But, like, I saw them on accident so many times because they were just doing it they were grinding and you know you know their first tour ever was opening for piebald it really? was wow. so i had aaron david tate who was the original drummer from minus the bear on the podcast and he's told the story and the piebald guys have confirmed this so the very first my chem like full tour the re- first real tour they had it was piebald headlining minus the bear a band called noise ratchet i don't know if you know them and my chemical romance and they all went out and like at the, like beginning of the tour everyone thought by the end that piebald and minus the bear would be signed to a like they would get a record deal you know i think it was like right after um friends came out and like things were happening for piebald and minus the bear was like really doing it too and like i believe rick rubin came out to a show and like like Piebald and Minus the Bear were being courted like every other night, like to these dinners with these record labels and stuff. And but at the end of the tour, sure enough, like Noise Ratchet and My Chem had record deals, and Piebald and Minus the Bear did not. But that was pretty much the way that Aaron David Tate told the story. And uh, interesting stuff, you know, you never know. But like, uh, yeah. And I just listened to the, um, you know, that book Sellout. No, there's no. a book. Uh, geez, it's like this like punk rock emo book there's a thursday chapter there's a green day chapter there's a my chem chapter there's a blank chapter alkaline maybe alkaline trio anyway um i know oh, dan Aldi did it yeah yeah it's a killer i just listened to the audio book of it um in preparation for like an interview with jeff rickley for the podcast and like Piebald got a shout out during the my chem chapter i was like yeah like be, be talking <laughs> about the same tour but um yeah i that stuff's i i'm sorry i cut cut you off but that was like i don't know that was like really cool that book that book is sick highly recommend the thursday chapter is probably my favorite i i just think that band thursday i mean oh my god like talk about like a band who has been through it all and just like so important like jeff throwing those basement shows like when he was a kid before he was even like in a band you know what i'm talking about like he used to no. just like these no he used to throw shows in his in his basement in like east brunswick new jersey it could it could fit like i think they said like 
anywhere from 50 to like 100 or 150 people would would be at these shows back in like geez i don't know if it was like late 90s or early 2000s or somewhere around there you know? 90s, yeah it was before it was before um thursday's um waiting came out that was their first full length when did that come out 99 2000 uh, so yeah like between 97 and 2000 i think so jeff was like throwing these you know basement shows and it's fascinating and then it the thursday chapter is jeff is on the cover of this book and i think it's the best chapter um it it like covers like their time at victory and how thursday went you know they put out full collapse on victory and then went major label for war all the time and how like you know i mean i don't like to talk shit, but victory is you know Oh, well yeah. known yeah, yeah, or like right. fucking bands over and thursday had an issue so i'm not saying anything that isn't public uh so it covers like all of that and uh and i got it for free like if you go to audible.com like you can get it for free just with a month trial it's, you know what i mean as long like you get two free books and then cancel it but that's what i like i just did it the other day and i haven't listened to the whole thing yet but it's like the so far the thursday chapter maybe it's just because i love thursday because you like thursday so much yeah but yeah that was a band that i i found out about because of mtv like thursday was one of those bands that i saw it was it was it was probably full collapse too when when they uh with i'm trying to remember what song it was but i remember it would have been understanding in a car crash for sure well i guess it could have been cross out the eyes but probably car crash it was car crash definitely and i remember waking up because i i went to private school so i would have to like be at school like 745 for like the first bell and i would wake up at like 6 30 put mtv2 on and get ready and i would listen to thursday i would listen to dashboard confessional i would listen to taking back sunday like all these bands that were on mtv at the time Hell and yeah. it's mind-blowing to talk about right now and then steven's untitled rock show came on fuse a couple years later and i would watch that all the time dude like i don't even i didn't even know they had so much success Thursday until I yeah. listened to that audiobook. Like they were at at a certain point, we're all the time hit like number seven on the top billboard, like right behind Beyonce, they said. And I, I never saw them on MTV. Like I didn't realize until like I knew a lot of the victory story. Like there was a lot that I had heard, but to check that out and like hear like really kind of like the full story told in that way, it really like I I had a lot i thought i knew the story and then listening to that i was like holy shit i didn't know like the marketing stuff they were doing at the time too like i guess they they had people run, crazy. run around like um Times square with like a, a spray paint and like a, a you know the thursday dove and like a stencil yeah. and they was they were like spray painting the dove on sidewalks and shit like stuff like that i just think is so rad like that diy like, but it was coming from the bigger label too it, it was but it's also like got that diy vibe and I, don't, I just think uh, Thursday's like, rad. Like, there's, I don't think there's anything that band hasn't been through. You know, like they've been through it all, like from DIY to big label and like everything in between. There's a story, Piebald and Thursday all got arrested together as a band once. That's, this is before my time, but this is a whole story. Like, but um, like Thursday, just Thursday, I just think. And, and look at, they're on every festival, they're on Furnace Fest, they're on. Gainesville Fest, they're on Riot Fest, 
they're torn with well they were torn with like cursive yeah cursive. or they're torn with like Vinny, or they're doing big stadiums with my chemical rum it's like they're getting everything that they deserve and um all those guys are just so fucking rad like those guys fucking rule man look at like tucker and tim ls dunes i love ls dunes like i'm it's just those guys deserve anything and everything jeff's writing books like they're i just think that band is like really really important to like the scene in general like in so many ways in my yeah opinion. i don't think anyone would argue that for sure What's like crazy I, too, I feel like, like they should be first ballot hall like rock and roll hall of fame which i know is I like, like... that might sound crazy but at the same time like look at like that's where we're at with these bands yeah this isn't Are a phase. Are any bands from our scene in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm like, Green, honestly Green asking. Green Day, Green Day, I, I don't know. Uh, I know Green Day, like, probably isn't, like, Weezer, maybe, or, like, uh, is Blink in there yet? It probably, it probably. I don't know if Blink's in there yet. I mean, they obviously will be. Uh, but it's gonna, it's going to hit, at a certain point, it, like, obviously, when Mike Chem is, you know, eligible, obviously, like, they will be. Yeah. And that's a that's a great example of, and Thursday probably won't be first ballot. It'll probably they'll probably get in the hard way. It'll probably take years and years. But like at a certain point, when you look at what's happening right now, like this is the best time for the scene. Like look at what's happening. You got emo cruise or furnace fest or like all the things we've been all. Dude, these I just like saw a yellow card at four chord, and that was after yeah. the tornado warning. But like still playing to largest like the largest crowds they've ever played to i couldn't believe when i found out that the venue they were playing in boston five thousand cap i was like i had no idea they were that big and then ryan just came out on an interview he's like i didn't know <laughs> he had no yeah. idea and like when i toured with the story so far dude like last year this was like right when shows started opening back up this tour package was fucking sick it was the story so far joyce manor who is my favorite band like since then still is um mom jeans and microwave i mean that's just an insane tour package um but like halfway through the tour i went to kevin the guitarist of story so far i was like dude i knew you guys are big but i didn't know you were like this fucking big he's like we didn't either we had no idea like every show sold out like thousands of people every night or the show i was just on tour with the front bottoms dude red rocks like yeah it's just so beautiful yeah i think it's just like this must have like i i try to think back to like 80s glam rock and whatnot and <laughs> like i feel like that's where emo music is starting to happen right like now we're starting to have emo cover bands and emo nights and it we're now you know dudes in their 30s and mid 30s even 40s who maybe go to one show a year or two shows a year and you know they still on their spotify or whatever like are going back and listening to the music that they listened to in high school and now those bands are doing reunion shows so they're like crap i'm gonna go out to that and that and, and it's just kind of i would imagine what happened with the 80s like you know glam rock bands and in like i guess in the early 2000s and whatnot like you know you could still go see a, a journey cover band or Van like, Halen. Much, yeah like literally anywhere i think that's I think gonna it's... happen with 
emo music. I think it's happening now. I think it's yeah. I think it's bigger than a lot of that stuff already. Yeah, and yeah. I, especially and with I think, when we were young. Look at Turnstile, man. That is so yeah. sick. That is so sick. Yeah, when we were young, perfect example of like just because. Well, going back to like say Warp Tour, I've had Kevin Lyman on on my podcast, and I really think I've said this a few times, like on my podcast or what other interviews and stuff. I think that like Warp Tour is maybe single-handedly the most important thing to happen to the scene in so many ways just think about like like you'd have a band like pepper or less than jake you know like eating barbecue like at the same table with maybe guys from blink or taking back sunday or my chemical romance or newer bands like or eminem or M- yeah yeah he was yeah, on there when katie that's perry right, that's right that's right well, you know it's crazy. I was just talking about I, I swear I was just talking about this like an hour ago or an hour and a half ago. But uh um we were we were watching a like a pop culture documentary thing on Netflix and they were talking about music festivals and they were talking about like, you know, what you know the whatever the the human being fest in San Francisco in like the nineteen sixties in Woodstock and then talking about like the Us Festival that Steve Wozniak put on in the eighties. And then they talked about Woodstock 99 and Lollapalooza. And then they got to 2002. And then they talked about Bonnaroo. And then they fucking ended it. And I was just like, dude, like Warp Tour 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 was so big. Almost 20 years. Think about what that did. Like, and the tours that stemmed from that, from those, you know, you hear the stories Taste about the, like, chaos, the barbecue. Taste well, chaos. Taste of Chaos was also Kevin Lyman, right? Well, this, yep. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Um, but that was like the winter warp tour, which I went to all of those, dude. Like, that's how yeah. I found out like funeral for a friend, like, you know, from the UK or like, you know, that was, yeah, it was like, I think the first one, it was like funeral for a friend and like the use and my chem and kill switch was on it and but then like then they would have like the receiving end of sirens or like as they lay dying or thrice and like i have a signed poster right now for taste of chaos from the original lineup of chiodos just sitting in my room but just just think about all the connections that were made um in this and just like the what that that the impact that it made just like how many bands did you yourself discover at like do you know how i found out about drive-through records period and like you know how i discovered the early november and the starting line i already knew finch because that was why i was at that stage but it was the it was the drive-through record stage at warp tour in 2002 and i remember watching the starting line like being like this band is sick and then ian from newfound glory came out and played bass for probably best of me or leaving or one of those and like, oh shit, leaving, yeah. Ian, Ian from Newfound signs off on this band, and I was already digging him. I was an instant starting line fan from there. Or again, the early November, that was how I discovered them. Uh, or Senses Fail, that's how I found Senses. Well, I guess I, I went, you know, I went down the drive through records rabbit yeah. hole. But you, you oh, yeah. get the point there. Like, for a guy. I have my like, Welcome to the Family pizza box hanging up right back there. No way. I yeah. didn't realize this, but that was. <laughs> oh my God. But. Yeah, I mean, so I think that was really important, but I don't think, like, because the scene is definitely thriving now more than ever. Yeah. Uh, but, like, 
something like Warp Tour, I don't think is realistic. You know, just like the logistics. It was a traveling circus. I think it's just like literally a, a traveling circus, a thing of the past. But what has come, I think, from it is your When We Were Young Festival, your emo cruise, or your Sad Summer Fest. Sad, sad Summer is, I think, the closest thing to like a traveling version of it. Yep. And on this or past. Or Bar Breakfest. Dude. Because we're doing it. Dude, you should get Hot Mulligan. I love Hot Mulligan. Like, I, I went backstage. I was backstage for. I would get Hot Mulligan in, summer in Boston. But I, don't... I don't know what they cost. I don't know if you can. <laughs> yeah, not in our We budget. can't afford them. I can tell you with that. <laughs> but that's another like band that is like crushing it right now. Like, I love. Um, well, yeah, the Sad Summer lineup this year. What was it? It was like you had your Taking Back Sunday. And then, like, you had Hot Mulligan, you had the main, but like the, the feature bands that were on the whole thing. Like, I feel like you had Taking Back Sunday, and then, like, yeah, Hot, Hot Mulligan and, and Mom Jeans, but the the rotating, and then, like, the main, but then, like, that rotating cast of it was like Head Automatica, LS Dunes, Motion City, and Stan Atlantic, and someone, and then you also oh, Andrew had Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Andrew McMahon, thank you. And then there was like a rotating cast of like up and coming bands like cliff diver and sincere engineer sincere engineer like it was that's the closest thing you'll get to warp tour and sad summer is rad but like it i just there's no like it's not going to be another warp tour no. but these festivals that's like when we were young is perfect it sucks kind of like if you can't get to vegas you know or like or if you don't have the money for it but I'm gonna be there with the front bottoms. I can't wait. Like, I can't. Like, I'm gonna watch so many bands. Like, I'm gonna watch like Joyce Manor and like I love Citizen. I don't. I don't know what you guys are listening to these days. I'm obsessed with like Citizen and like Joyce Manor. I have Young States sitting on my okay. record like record player right now, a little seven inch for Young States, and uh, Young States from Citizen, their first EP. Oh, my bad, dude. I, I don't even. That. Yeah, I've listened to see this is like where Spotify like I listened to like their whole discography on <laughs> other than youth, which like yeah. that like I don't youth know was their they're like their pinnacle. Which is crazy because they you know they wrote that in high school, which is like yeah. insane. <laughs> I didn't know that till I'm I'm like newer to Citizen. Like if but like my Spotify wrapped will probably have them like headline you know spotify wrapped will make you like a festival or whatever yeah. citizens probably going to be head citizen like joyce man but like the 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 trade-off with like having access to like a spotify and like having all this stuff at your fingertips is like i don't know aside from youth i don't know i don't know the records i don't know what's what oh yeah but i love everything they do and they they got two new songs that rip but but yeah, agree. Even Matt Solo stuff is so good too. Yeah, dude, he just came through. Um, Andy from Piebald actually like runs a venue here in Boston, and he just came through solo. And those guys don't know each other. I wanted to go, but I was I was out with the front bottoms at the time. But but what I love about when we were young, like it it's it's got like bands that are in their prime right now, like a Citizen or a Joyce Manor, or something like that. But also it has like Blink and Green Day and these legends, but it also, or Hot Mulligan is on it, but it also has like, like the movie Life's Playing. I can't wait to watch Vinny fucking rip that shit. <laughs> or uh, Thrice is playing. I don't know. MXPX is on it. 
are they on that see it's, it's yeah i didn't even or i forgot like uh, say anything i just watched oh my god i just watched say anything rip red rocks they crushed it it was unbelievable they like, even have lit lit's all playing this year i've actually had um aj Popoff on the podcast oh really yeah i did and you know what like you know a lot of people it's funny because i'm like oh this is a little bit earlier on i'm like this is gonna like make the note like less people listen to that like than like the average episode but in I remember at the time thinking like, oh, this is going to be what the podcast needs. Like, cause like the name, you know? Yeah. But I think it was like people, you know, like maybe in the scene, probably like, maybe they're like, why did, why does he get this guy? Cause it's not really connected as much. Yeah. But you know what, dude, like they were a band, they've been a band since the eighties and that guy was actually really cool, really chill. Like, like it, he was very pleasant. That was like i had some random people hit me up and be like that was an awesome like talk like that i i didn't think that guy was gonna be that cool so that well, was like, uh, i think about it like who, who where else are you gonna see like you know simple plan some some 41s i mean they're they're calling it quits after this right. one. same with M mxpx too they're calling it i didn't realize um, mxpx was calling it i think they're calling it. i think they're calling it after this last album they just put out damn i, I could be wrong that. Uh, we'll we'll make up we'll make a footnote in the episode but you have rise against something corporate good charlotte green day blink 182 and you got finch. michelle branch michelle branch totally you got finch you got say anything thrice like I, I'm, I'm just off the top of my head it's here, gonna be such a bowling for soup i wanted to go or like less than jake is playing like last year i wanted to go to this so badly like phoenix tx i think is like they're again, playing again this year life. yeah Tiger's Jaw is um, playing. Tiger's Jaw. There's AJ. Is Mac Park on this one or they were on the last one? Mac Park's on this one, I think. Okay. Dude, that was so killer. Like, I just saw them at four court. And but that's also that when. The first like, time I actually saw them. When, when like, you know, Piebald, we're like, oh. <laughs> like, you know, like, come <laughs> on, guys. We, you know, like, at least in my mind, I can't come speak for the, for the rest of the. Yeah, Piebald guys, but I'm like, come on. Like, we should. You know, listen, I can't complain. Like, we get piebald. We get, we've done, uh, we're doing Furnace Fest for the second time in the last couple of years. We've done Fest a couple of times. We did Riot Fest a few years ago. But I'm not going to lie, me personally, again, this is as a fan. I, I can't speak for the band, but like, I do feel like we should be on that or we should be on like an emo cruise. And I mean, but that's just. That's just me because I want to go to all these things and I want to see Piebald like get the love they deserve. You know, I know like they're a band's band. If you asked all the bands that are on this, like if they could vote a band in, I bet Piebald would be, if not voted in, like, like they would be, you know, front runners. But I love just... how you mentioned a band's band because you also name dropped the, the receiving end of sirens. And I feel Hell like yeah. that, that was another That's band's, band's band. band. Like, Same thing. Hot Rod dude. Circuit, dude. Bands band. Hot Rod Circuit. That's why, I like, I keep. I want to come up because we're we. I just did a a Zoom call with the Pieball guys, and you know we haven't been to the Pacific Northwest since before my time, since like the mid two thousands or something. And we were supposed to with Dashboard, but a couple of shows got canceled a few years ago. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I in my opinion, Pieball can't just go there and sell out 
for like we're not gonna if Pavel just goes and just gets a local to open, that's not gonna do much. We need to either be opening for someone like Dashboard or like the front bottoms or like something like that. Or there needs to be like a sick like tour package, some sort of like sick throwback package. And it should it should be like piebald, hot rod circuit, and then like one more big one. Like I would say like Sparta, but they've been touring like crazy. But that like something like that, just for example. Or maybe like say anything. Say there you go. Say anything does like an is a real boy run. And they choose and Max Max actually like two of his favorite bands are Pie Bolt and Hot Rod Circuit. Maybe that's it. You know, like say anything with like Pie Bolt and Hot Rod Circuit. Boom. I feel like that that is the way a band like a band's band, you know, like we all have those bands that just like never got their like due that we're fans of. I feel like that's the only way it can work for bands like that unless we get these festival offers. And aside from like these hometown Boston holiday shows, which we can extend to like New York and Philly and like New Hampshire, but you know, and we can draw a few hundred people at those, like we could draw like 500 people at those shows on our own. But aside from that, you know, maybe a thousand people in Boston, but aside from that, unless we're supporting like like i'm just trying to think of like support slots we've had in recent years thursday newfound glory the front bottoms dashboard confessional unless we have something like that it's yeah. got to be some sort of tour package um because it's because i don't know these guys all same with hot rod circuit uh they all live in different parts of like the country so and have like kids and shit so it's got to make sense for them but me i'm like Oh my God, please, please. Like <laughs> we get like teaser, not teaser. We get feeler offers once in a while. Like when Glassjaw um, did their recent run, they were like playing both those albums back to back and brought out like Incendiary and like all these sick bands. They sent out a feeler to Piebald, like, because those guys toured together back in the day. I would have loved, oh my God, the fanboy in me, like, when I got the text, like in the group chat, I was like, please, please, please. please. Same, we had an Alkaline Trio, like same, you know, like feeler. But I think Alkaline Trio ended up going on tour with like Coheed, which. Yeah. But like they, so I, I don't know why. I guess maybe I'm answering a question you didn't ask about what Pieball's up to. <laughs> but uh, I know they're working on new music and hopefully aside from the, podcast jingle that you heard i know for sure that they're um they're getting back into the studio again another time this year and i think we just need to like drop a song that that seems to be what people do these days right just like oh yeah i, I can't again I, this is my opinion so i can't speak for the band but it seems to be like the thing right just drop a song i bet i bet like offers would come in if like a song was dropped and it's just yeah. like oh shit piebald's like putting out music you know what i'm saying what do you oh, think oh yeah yeah I, I think the single game is kind of the the name the of the, go right now. the yeah that's that's what all the kids are doing these days and yeah. uh keeping it just keeping the spotify relevant and i i don't know the answers either <laughs> <laughs> right, right but I, I love having another podcast host on because 
it's beautiful. Like the the flow of the conversation, it, it just naturally happens because you're so, uh, you know, used to talking for. I talk too much. Sorry. No, no. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's great. But uh, Dana, I, I, you know, we've been chatting for a little bit over an hour now. So I do want to give you a chance to plug everything that you have going on. So you, you, obviously your work with piebald front bottoms, but more importantly, where can people find two week notice? Yeah. So uh, if you haven't heard me babble enough, you can hear my podcast two week notice podcast. Um, there's a couple others with like similar names. It's the one with the peace sign and the band people. I'm just, I'll just name off like <laughs> recent episodes. I think that, might be cool. So recent episodes include Brian Sella of the Front Bottoms, Walter Schreifels of, of course, of course, like Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits, Quicksand, uh, Vinny Caruana, The Movie Life and I Am the Avalanche, Simon O'Connor of Modest Mouse, Nick Ham of Citizen, Aaron Bedard of Bane, Buzz of Unearth, Jim Ward of Sparta and At the Drive-In, and Joey Sharamonti of Coyo. Those are the recent episodes. Um, and I, so if that's your vibe, and you want to like check it out then there you go type it in two week notice 100 percent the vibe of people who listen to this podcast right <laughs> yep. on. well and also thank you guys because you know you guys have been doing doing the damn thing like longer than me and i'm a, a fan of you as humans and as podcasters so thank you gentlemen so much well, dana Dude, who, who are you coming down with uh for fest this year so uh Sadly, I'll be I'll be out with the front bottoms, so I will not be at Fest, which sucks because it is their best lineup ever. Like I, I don't even know how they can afford like some of these. Like this, they went all out this year. Uh, I mean, Piebald always has a blast. You talking about Fest in Gainesville, right? Yeah. Oh man, like we had such a blast um, last year and a couple years back when we when we played and. Uh, even like once the lineup was dropped, even in the chat, we were like, damn, why couldn't we have like been on this one? And Bible also, we got an offer two years ago as well, but like Travis couldn't swing it. So yeah. Fest has always been really good to Piebald and and I hope we get invited back again. But this year, like if anyone can go, you gotta go because holy shit, microwave, like yep. there's like, and microwave is like all the way down, like on the bottom next to like I am the avalanche. Like these, like my favorite bands are like really low because there's like, like quicksand and the like th- Thursday and the descendants and less than Jake. And like, oh man, like this, this lineup is unbelievable. Are you both going? I'm I am going. This is my first year playing fast, so I'm super excited. Hell yeah, dude. Yep. Oh, you're going to have. I mean, you already know about. I've already been there plenty of times, but this is my first time playing, and I'm so excited. I love that for you, but I'll be at Furnace Fest. If anyone's going to be there, come by the Piebald merch table, say hello. I'm pretty friendly. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I think everyone would agree that you're pretty friendly. So look for the Squirtle. Come on, yeah, come find the Squirtle. See if you can find him. Squirtle will be there. Oh yeah. Well, Dana, man, it, it was. Truly a pleasure chatting with you and hearing all your stories of Boston and hearing how you linked up with Piebald. That that's a pretty epic story as well. And uh like we mentioned, go check out Two Week Notice, some killer interviews with artists that I'm sure you love. And uh Dana, we'll just be in touch, man. It's been a pleasure. 
Thank you guys so much. The pleasure's all mine. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, Justin and Mikey. Peace, dude. Anytime. Boys.